Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. We got a lot on the agenda today. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. Breaking down, news of the day, what a treat. We have the mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, and founder of Black Male Voter Project, Mayor W. Mondale Robinson. Mr. Mayor, good to have you on the show, how are you? I'm well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you, brother. Absolutely, pleasure's mine. Top story of the day, let's talk about the police and how the police are willing to shoot and kill someone because they happen to record them. Here's a video. Oh, what the move? Two feds, bro. Two feds, bro. Why you pointing the gun on me? Why you pointing the gun on me? Because we have a weapon. What weapon? What weapon, huh? Bro, you look dumb, bro. They did this to a child that was a juvenile who simply saw something that did not seem right and started to record. Now, this incident actually happened in July. It took place in July, okay? But there's a hand and glove narrative that I need you to be aware of. You see, laws are being passed all across America to make recording cops against the law. I'm going to highlight a couple of them during this segment. Now remember, this individual did not have a weapon, but immediately when the officer realized this person was recording him, what did he say? Go get him, go get him. What did the other cop do? Immediately pull out a gun and say, you have a weapon, why? Remember the cop who told us, we always say that just in case we have to claim we thought you had a weapon when we know you did not. So naturally, organically, instinctively, and yes, illegally, this cop decided to point a gun at a juvenile. That's called felony menacing. That is the crime committed by that officer. Now, let me give you the background to this and then update you as far as what's happening with legislation. Action and legislation go hand in hand. The incident is now resurfacing on Reddit and TikTok. Fairfax County, Virginia. In Fairfax County, two police officers are now being investigated after getting busted for aggressively approaching and pointing their guns at a juvenile who was filming them, which is legal in a video that has gone viral. Why are you pulling the gun on me? The juvenile poses, who police identified as a minor, asked a female officer. Because you have a weapon, the officer responded definitively, despite the fact that the juvenile was not holding a weapon at all. The teen behind the camera shouted, no weapon, no weapon. But the officer kept her gun on him, despite the fact at this point, she had plenty of time to recognize that the phone he was holding was not in fact a weapon. Meanwhile, another cop ran up on the cameraman with his own gun drawn while shouting at the team, get on the ground. But let's be very clear, these cops are investigators. Every police officer is a certified investigator, post certified by their state to investigate criminal activity. You mean to tell me these investigators do not know, know the difference between a gun and a camera or a camera phone? Of course they know the, the difference, remember, it was never about that. Remember the cop told them what to do, go get them. The cop told them, 
Here's your order, here's your command, go get them. No question, no rebuttal. No, wait a minute, it's just a kid with the camera. Calm down, people, no humanity. If you have a job where it requires that when you put on the uniform, you have to shed your humanity, you don't need that job, you don't need that money, you don't need that paycheck. There's more. Here's the excuse from the Fairfax County Police. I'm gonna read it in its entirety so that, let me put it this way. I'm gonna read the point that they were trying to make in its entirety because I want them to be on record for what they decided to say. Officers determined the juvenile was holding a cell phone. Ah, when? When did they determine this? This is their statement. The officers determined the juvenile was holding a cell phone and filming. The three juveniles were detained and later released to their parents. Why were they detained? What's illegal about holding a cell phone, Fairfax County? I got more. The investigation has been assigned to a detective in our criminal investigation division. As with all pointing a firearm event, the incident is under review. That's a statement from the actual county police. Let's dissect their statement. They admit these are juveniles. They also admit that their officers realized these were camera phones and not weapons. But they were still detained, they were still arrested and released to the custody of their parents for doing nothing but what was legal. Now, here's the other question, why did the officer say go get them? Why, what was he doing? What were they doing? What did they not want recorded? That's a question here too. It is worth mentioning, ladies and gentlemen, that this action, comes at the time when Republicans in several states have introduced legislation aimed at limiting the rights of citizens, the rights of civilians to film police activity. In fact, last week, Arizona passed a law, and this was a few weeks ago actually, passed a law that makes it illegal for citizens to record within eight feet of police activity. Now, if that law had been passed in Minnesota before 2020, It would have made the George Floyd video illegal. And the cops involved in his murder would have walked free likely because it could not then be introduced in a criminal trial. You see, this is not about what you expose on the record. This is about what can be used in a court of law. If you engage in illegal activity in order to get usable evidence against a police officer, their attorneys can suppress that evidence in front of a jury because you obtained it illegally. Understand the hand and glove play here. They're trying to literally get away with murder in front of you. Mr. Mayor, you have charge, you have command, you have a police department. What are your thoughts about my assessment here? I think your assessment is spot on, except for you missed one point, brother. And that point is you said that this young man, this teenager, didn't have a weapon. Well, he had two weapons. Mm. Being black is mm. being armed in America, and having a camera is a weapon as well mm. when you're doing illegal activity and it can be caught. That's uh, right. You've never seen the mob commit crimes on camera. You've never seen thugs commit crimes on camera, but for in this incident when police officers are acting and showing up in this manner. So I, I would say uh, being black and armed with a camera is as is equivalent to police officers as a mob with a snitch with, uh, that's wired. 
I, you are exposing all of these things that puts to death this narrative of a few bad apples. We have more than a few bad apples in, in this country when it comes to policing. We have an entire institution that is built on and continues to oppress and suppress people's ability to live free and full lives. Um, this, it is also funny that you talk about these Republicans who are trying to prevent people from recording police officers who are also screaming that they care about free speech. Free Come speech. on, brother. Preach free it. Speech. What's, yeah. free, what's free about protecting people or pre- preventing people from recording public servants? I welcome cameras everywhere I am when I'm when I'm um, acting in my official duty as a mayor of Infield, North Carolina. Why wouldn't I welcome cameras? It is to show that I am doing the work, the bidding of the people of Infield. These officers, when he said go get them, sound like someone doing something they shouldn't have been doing, telling them, hey, we got a witness, take care of that witness. That's, That's right. all I heard. Sounds exactly like that. We're gonna stay on top of this story, obviously. Well said, Mr. Mayor. Okay, let's go to Kanye West. Kanye West has decided to become significantly adversarial and even call for, let's say, the death of an entire demographic of people. I'm gonna give you some background to this, but let me first start with the Instagram statement, okay? Following the Instagram statement, his account was restricted for his anti Semitic content. Kanye returned to Twitter early on Sunday. And made more anti-Semitic comments. Uh, let's go ahead and put it up. Okay. Writing that he'll be going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Now, the terminology is DEFCON. He's DEFCON. He said DEFCON. DEF. That's what he said. Likely referring to DEFCON 3 with a screenshot to a Forbes article concerning the Instagram restriction. He says, I'm a bit I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. So let's dissect the proposed logic of Kanye. Kanye, if you believe that Jewish people are black people, that means you have just called for DEFCON on black people. And you are obviously okay with it. Now I understand this bootlicking routine that you're doing is likely simply to sell records, shoes and clothes. Because the Trump crowd has made you richer beyond your wildest imagination. But brother, when you start stepping into this arena of going around with a white lives matter shirt. But you criticize the movement to protect black lives is more than disrespectful, it's sick. There's more. Musk welcomes Kanye West back to Twitter after he's blocked by Instagram over apparent anti-Semitic comments. Uh, Twitter did remove the tweet. This tweet violated the Twitter rules according to the notice. Notice now reads in a place for the original post. He then followed up with this. Jay says, who you think created cancel culture? Uh, Let me do this. You know, Kanye sounds just like these folks. Jews will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. The irony of it all, 
You see, those are the people that love Kanye. Those are the people that purchase his attire, that wear shoes, that listen to his gospel album, where Kanye literally had the top nine out of 10, number one through nine gospel songs in the United States of America because of people like that. He has adopted the narrative of his historical presser. And his historical presser is paying him dividends. I got more. His tweet comes when Instagram confirmed Saturday it had restricted his account after he posted a message. After he posted a message that some groups are calling anti-Jewish. According to Meta spokesperson, Instagram deleted content from Ye's Instagram page and restricted the account after the company said he violated its rules and guidelines. Meta did not specify what content was specifically removed and what content violated its rules. The decision came after he made this now deleted post on Friday. In the post, Ye shared a screenshot of a text exchange he said he had with Sean Diddy Combs. The message from Ye appeared to show Ye claiming Combs was controlled by Jewish people, a reference to the longstanding anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And I got something for everyone who may say, or anyone who may say, well, I don't care about that. That doesn't concern me. Let me pose it to you this way. What if Kanye West would have said death con three to all black people or death con three to all black women? You see, this is problematic at its core. You cannot ignore a man who has millions of actual followers and many of them are, let's say, extremist. This is serious. And we will deal with it as so. He later addressed Instagram's decision on Twitter, sharing a photo of him and Mark Zuckerberg. Look at this, Mark. How you gonna kick me off Instagram? You used to be my N-word. Ye was also accused of anti-Semitic comments following this Saturday, this Thursday appearance on Tucker Carlson tonight when talking about Jared Kushner. Here it is. And really sitting with Jared and sitting with Josh and finding out other pieces of information, I was like, wow, these guys might have really been holding Trump back yeah. and being very much a handler right then. They love to just look at me or look at Trump like we're so crazy and that they're the businessmen. So when I think about all of these things that Jared, you know, somehow doesn't get enough credit for with his work. And what is it, his work in Israel or his work in Palestine? What, what is this? You know where he made these peace treaties? Where was that? Do you know the facts on this right here? So I'm like. I, well, I think that was between Israel and, and some of the Arab nations. I just think it was to make money. Okay, let me just highlight the reality that the person he's praising, Donald Trump, every decision he has made was to make money. He even said that was a positive thing. He said that was one of the things dope about Donald Trump. But as soon as someone he doesn't like who's Jewish makes money, and I'm no Kushner fan at all. But you see the difference in his conclusion as it relates to a Jewish person and as it relates to Donald Trump. Showing his obvious bias here, Oh, I got more. Then the interview followed after this viral photo of Kanye, Candace Owens, you know, put it up. Let me dissect this whole debacle here. Once again, the people that purchase his merchandise, his songs, those are the people that have always said white lives matter more than black people. You see those two individuals 
Kanye West, Candace Owens, they have criticized the movement for black lives. They have said all lives matter. White people who have criticized Black Lives Matter as a slogan, as a movement, they said, no, 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 no. All lives matter, not just black lives. But when Kanye and Candace said white lives matter, did the all lives matter people speak up? Did the all lives matter people say, no, 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 all lives actually matter? Of course not, why? Because all lives matter was always white lives matter. It's the same group of people, the same sentiment. Let me shift gears to more extreme racism. What if I told you a US Senator decided to go to a Trump rally and say this against black people? Here it is. Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime, they're pro-crime, they want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, put up the picture of this US Senator. They want reparations, they are the ones committing the crime. Who do you think they are in his narrative? Black people, once again, racism, bigotry, systemic bias. He's not being booed, he's not being challenged, he's being applauded. Just like people are applauding Kanye West. Make America great again was to make America racist to a degree that we have never seen in the modern context. And that's what's happening. Now, was America ever not racist? Hell no, the DNA of America is racist. That's how it was founded upon that principle. Um, during the uh, senator's speech, uh, Senator Tuberville, he made these racist remarks. Um, Tuberville joined Trump and other Republicans speaking at a rally near Lake Tahoe in Nevada, supporting another Republican candidate for the US Senate. And Joe Lombardo, a candidate in the state's governor's race, you know they all think alike, right? Okay, all right, Mr. Mayor, thoughts here? Listen, I mean, this is a lot to unpack, but it's not un-American, right? It's as American as apple pie and baseball. We're talking about white supremacy and racism, and sometimes black folks roll in that in that place, right? Uh, white supremacy does not just affect uh, white people and and get some of us confused. Some black people are are as well. This is why Harriet Tubman carried a gun uh, for mm. those who wanted to go back or love the plantation so much that they would be willing to sell out those trying to get free. Uh, let's talk about Kanye. Kanye has a long troubled history with black with black people's place in America and America's white nationalism. It relates to him talking to TMZ once when he was saying that slavery for 400 years sounds like a choice. Uh, so there's no stretch that he's, he's being chanted and loved by the likes of Musk, Trump and Candace Owens. Here's the irony. I, I would tell you this: um, Kanye West is the same is the same person that in 2015 said Bush don't care about white people. Uh, black people. Oh, black people. Excuse yeah. me. Thank you for that correction. When when one is when 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 it's put in that context, we are obligated to understand that Kanye West is in is no no more uh, sane or insane than Donald Trump or any other grifter. He understands where the money is, just like Kenny Owens, Candace Owens, and he understands that in a Democratic Party, his shenanigans were not going to be taken lightly, and he would have been called out. This is his problem with cancel culture. This is the problem with everybody who has a problem with cancel culture. It's a responsibility thing. Mm. Kanye, Kanye West believes that as a billionaire, he's not supposed to be held responsible by anyone. I can buy the house next to my ex-wife and try to threaten her current boyfriend. 
right? This is what he did with his ex-wife, bought the house next to them to harass her current relationship. Kanye West, the irony of Kanye West talking about Jared Kushner's and his money or making money. Kanye West a couple weeks ago broke up with Gap saying that he was not gonna talk to anybody who had less money than him. Yep. He said that he, why would he listen to people who had less money than him? So in one hand, like you said, brother, he's praising those who make money, i.e. Donald Trump and himself. Uh, as he bragged about so much in his music. And then on the other hand, when we're talking about a Jewish person, uh, Jared Kushner, he has a problem with this person's ability or even thought of making money. Not that we are saying that the, the peace accords were about money. Also, we should I, I should say the same thing you said, I have no love for Jared Kushner. <laughs> but it, it has nothing to do with his ability to make or not make money. It has everything to do with his policies and how they harm people. I, 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 to go a step further about Kanye West, um, Kanye West, it falls into the long line of folk who who are, deniers of, of, of racism on the Republican side. Candace Owen was wonderful, uh, the wonderful person to put next to him. He chose Tucker Carson for one reason and one reason only. He know who Tucker Carson is to the liberal movement and how people were gonna react to this. He knew this was gonna be the biggest story uh, coming into this week and he did it just for that reason. Kanye West is a grifter um, with darker skin than Donald Trump, but no difference at all. Well said. This is an indisputable exclusive, no other news agency has this video, no this story. Let me first put up the picture of a young lady who was violently arrested by the police profiled by cops. She did nothing illegal, no charges, nothing. You see her, that is Miss Dunlap. This is what happened, here it is. Okay. You're grabbing my arm very tightly. Let me go. Okay. And I'll get the out. Step back. Don't start. Okay. Okay. It sure is. And you're not getting it because I know I haven't did anything wrong. Okay. How many times have I asked you? Please let go of me. What are you doing? Let go of me. Let go of me. She did nothing illegal. No charges, no nothing. Put up a picture again, I have the entire background to this story. And it is going to make your blood boil. White police officers decided to violently arrest this young lady. This was in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It happened on September 6th. She was simply doing her job, I will explain that in a moment. Her name is Jelana Dunlap. She was not charged with a crime, but she was yanked from her car. While her seat belt was still on, that's the reason she did not move initially. Slammed against her own trunk, handcuffed and detained. Miss Dunlap hyperventilated, she vomited. Her attorneys say the cops had no reasonable suspicion, no crime had ever occurred. And North Carolina is not a stop and identify state, which means it is against the law for a police officer to simply see you and say, can you identify yourself? 
Miss Dunlap, the young lady you're looking at was simply doing her job. She was taking photos of a private property for her employer, a property manager in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She even told the police this when they confronted her. She was doing the job, they did not believe her. Ms. Dunlap pleaded with officers, let me go, let go of my arm. Dunlap describes herself as 120 pounds soaking wet. She said there are days when she has not been able to eat or sleep because of the traumatic effect this has had on her psyche. She did file a complaint against the two officers over a month ago, has not received a response from the police department. She said about the experience and I quote, I'm 22 years old, I've never been arrested. I've never been put in handcuffs or anything like that. I'm a good person, I'm a hardworking person. Mm. Put up her attorneys. So sick and tired of these cops brutalizing black lives. Harry Daniels, civil rights attorney, and Carnell Johnson, civil rights attorney. They are now representing Ms. Dunlap, as I said, well, the only and the first news agency to report on this. Her car was parked. Her attorneys say the white officers had no reason to approach her or request ID. Attorney Daniels provided a statement directly saying, and I quote notably, North Carolina is not a stop and identify state. Further, there was no reasonable suspicion that Ms. Dunlap had committed a crime. At best, this incident was a first tier encounter between Ms. Dunlap and law enforcement, where Ms. Dunlap was under no obligation to even speak to law enforcement and had the right to leave. We intended to file a federal lawsuit on her behalf for this gross miscarriage of justice. We believe that Ms. Dunlap was singled out and was not giving the deference that she was lawfully on the property, just doing her assigned duties on account of her race. This incident has caused Ms. Dunlap extraordinary stress and anxiety. Ms. Dunlap's stress and anxiety has caused her to become physically ill and unable to work due to her having sickle cell disease. Hmm. I want to remind everyone, the only people committing trespass were the police officers who had no permission to be on that private property. The young lady was permitted to be there on that private property. The cops were not. Who broke the law? The police did, not her. They broke the law before they engaged in that physical violent arrest and noted on the record, no crime had been committed. They let her go, there was no arrest, no charge. There's more, a public information officer from the Fayetteville Police Department responded to our request for comment, said and I quote, all I know is it is under investigation in internal affairs. All I know is that it is under investigation. Okay, um, she explained a complaint was submitted, okay? They are investigating and cannot release additional details. Now, you just saw what happened, okay? You just saw exactly what happened. There was no criminal activity. None of that should have happened to this young lady. Where's the accountability of the police? All right, Mr. Mayor, um, if one of your cops or if your police agency did something like this, there has to be a penalty. Am I not right here? Yeah, I think I think there has to be a penalty, uh, whether in my police officer or any police officers. We also should stop thinking of the police department as broken. 
right? This is exactly what they were designed to do. Um, they, especially in North Carolina, which has one of the oldest police force rooting back to uh, mm-hmm. slave catchers, right? Uh, her, her, her guiltiness or her, her guilty, her, her, her being guilty is her being black. Um, and we have to know, listen to the fear in this young lady's voice when they're trying to pull her out of her car. But yet and still, she's extremely coherent. Like, what are you doing? Is basically saying, I've not broken any crime. I've done nothing wrong. Why are you yanking on me? The picture you put up with the officer grabbing her arm, you could see how far the officers were squeezing this uh, this this young lady's arm in the picture. So I, I I can't even understand what's going on, what she's dealing with right now. Plus, we have to also think about the epigenetics of being black. Uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina is less than 45 minutes from my hometown, where I'm the mayor. And it's absolutely disgusting to think about what the history of black people and police officers are in that part of the world. Then coupled that with the fact that all the stresses that she's been added to deal with with her sickle cell diagnosis. People forget uh, this is a terminal uh, sickness. And we also need to consider in her lawsuit, her lawyers, I hope are thinking about uh, people are obligated to take their victims the way they find them. So if you do something that in normal terms would not have kill someone and to kill somebody because of their medical conditions, then you are you are still viable or liable for murder. That's right. They need to be they need to be held accountable for any added stress they put on this young woman's lives. And it doesn't need to be under investigation. Emmett Till's case is still under investigation. Under investigation is code to black people that you're not gonna see anything. So I hope we keep pressure on these on this police department to do something. And I'm glad they took it to the federal courts because and otherwise it may not have been heard. Well said and and Listen, they got the right attorneys on the case. We're gonna to continue to follow on our end and give you updates as they come. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, okay? Before I continue, don't forget about the watch list. Add the watch list to your watch list and join Jared Jackson Live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, Pacific Time, great show. You can watch live daily and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. I missed every single one of you last week. I was on the road, I was in the air, I was traveling. Big ups to St. Louis. I was inducted into the National Black Radio Hall of Fame. And then I got this great opportunity to host an event for the Multicultural Media. Correspondence dinner in Washington DC. We had a great conversation and multiple conversations actually. Aida, uh, Ida, excuse me, Rodriguez hosted the event and did a great job. A lot of good people there. Okay, a lot of comments, I'll read as many as I can. Lynn said, I once had two police officers pour their guns on me. I'm a white female, I was scared but can't imagine the terror I would have felt if I were a black male. Urban Hermit says, Kanye is a symptom of the illness of our civil discourse. People who exploit him and others like Walker are the real sickness. Dr. Pat, thank you, Dr. Pat. I appreciate you so much for that. Gucci Mane says, so it took them the time to detain the kids, file a police report and call their parents to finally realize it was a phone and not a gun. Wow, good point. Low Crow, thank you, Low Crow. Uh, They don't know the difference between a gun and a phone, gun and a lighter, gun and a vape, gun and a hand. Or their own gun and a taser, see? And that whole, oh, I thought I had my taser, but I, I actually had my gun and I shot. That whole dynamic is so insane to me. Uh, has it ever happened the other way around? You you thought you had your uh, gun, but you had your taser. And so the person is still alive because of that. Has that ever happened? No, it has not. We have not one incident of that on the record, I checked. Got something for you, ladies and gentlemen.
I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Do not disturb me. Broward County. Tell you now. No. Broward County. Shut up, bitch. He's not your mom. Bitch, he is. No, she's not. I'm really not playing. Don't touch her. You're literally disturbing a person that's ever played. Mama, stop. Museums, live concerts, performances. I see you're a problem. Keep videotaping. Keep videotaping. Sit down. She's Hope you enjoy your stay. Please come back soon. Oh my God! Don't even get my heart rate up, okay? Unfortunately, there's more. Here it is. You think that this is a funny game? No, we are not bothering you. You are bothering me. No. Look, there's your stuff isn't here. Get the out of here. I can sit where I want. No, you. Just like you can. Shut up, bitch. Shut the. She's my witness. You recorded us first. You're not allowed to record me. It's against the law to take a video of somebody without their permission. No. If you don't put that camera away, I'm going to have an officer make sure you delete that camera and I will sue you. I'll have my lawyer sue you. I'll make sure I know what flight you took. You recorded us first, so it's okay. Keep on going. I don't know why you're talking. How do you know the problem? That means that you're not smart enough. We have another airport Karen here, and we also have an update from Mackenzie, the young lady who was harassed and her mother. Now, according to this Karen, that's not her mother. That's not your real mom. Here's the update. We were sitting there and she just started recording us. And before we started to record her back, Mackenzie asked her, she said, why are you recording us? She said, I'm not recording you. She, yeah, she said, and, and um, she said, I'm saving myself. I'm re I'm recording danger. So she was recording oh, me danger. And she was saying, yes. She says she was saving herself. And we said, what are you saving yourself from? And she said, from dangerous people like you. Let's put up the picture full mass of this Karen at the airport harassing individuals. Okay. You see that? A multiracial family of a mother and her daughters from Ohio were simply waiting for their baggage coming back from a trip. As they were minding their own business, however, a very shady Karen character decided to rudely insert herself into their lives. The mother and daughter happened to be multiracial and the other people around them happened to be black. And for some reason, this particular Karen you're looking at was fine. With the white mom sitting near her, but the second her black daughter was close, she started to go crazy, as you saw. Obviously, this Karen was racist. But what didn't, did not become clear until further into the situation, it would appear that this Karen has been living in the airport, squatting for several days now. The situation started when the white mother sat near her and everything was fine. But then she was joined by her black daughter and the racist Karen came out. We highlight these Karens because Karens are in fact dangerous. They can be very dangerous, but we provide a mirror, a reflection, and if willing, for correction as well. Mr. Mayor, I'm sure you have come across 
your share of Karens in your lifetime. Airport Karen seem to become more common by the day here. What are your thoughts? I'm actually dealing with the monument Karen right now as we mm. speak in my hometown, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> as it pertains to this, as it pertains to this, this airport Karen, I, I want to highlight a couple things, Dr. Richie. Did you notice the difference between the mother's initial reaction and the daughter's initial reaction? Mm. The laughter from the mom, yeah. how she's sitting down, just laughing at the incident, and the daughter understanding the fear that could be confronting them. Um, I think this is and 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 this is this is uh, uh, a real thing about I, I don't have any kids, so I don't want to tell people how to parent. But this is the difference at which black people recognize the threat uh, that that white upset white women can cause in your life uh, just for being upset. Uh, taken out of taken out of context, that white woman can have you killed. We've seen this happen uh, historically, i.e., Emmett Till, and 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 recent more recently in times when white women lie on black people, black bodies. Um, also, did you notice the ownership of this woman? There are four or five seats in between her and this this woman and her child. And she still talk about my, 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 my airport, my space, and you're in my face. She's saying that she felt danger, but I've never seen a time where I felt danger, where I ran towards that danger. She went there to take their camera out of their hand. What kind of danger are you really thinking you're in that you're running towards that danger? So well said, brother, so well said, right? If you're scared, you go the other way. You don't do that, right? Okay. We have an update, all right? A cop has now been fired for trying to kill a child inside of a vehicle. I'm gonna highlight an element of this story that many people have not caught yet. Let me first go to the video. I got a vehicle over here that uh, fled from me the other day. He's in the parking lot. Nice and play. Get out of the car. Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Earlier, he got a. Put up the picture of this cop. This cop has now been fired. This cop is now under criminal investigation. This cop needs to be arrested. His name is Officer James. Brennan, let me first explain this, keep his picture up before we go into more detail of this story. When he called in to dispatch, he said the car had fled from him some time ago. Which means there's some history between him and this kid. To me, it looked as if the kid knew what was about to happen. That's what it looked like to me. There's something there. There is more to this story. The San Antonio Police Department on Wednesday fired a police officer who shot a teenager outside a McDonald's restaurant less than a week ago. This cop, James Brennan, had been placed under administrative duty following the shooting on Sunday outside of the fast food restaurant. According to SAPD, Officer Brennan 
was fired for violating departmental tactics and procedures. You don't say. James Brennan was a probationary officer who served on the force for seven months. SAPD said officers are on probation for one year after graduating from the police academy according to their own policy. But remember, as I have said, culture eats policy alive seven days a week. So they may have a policy, but they also have a culture. Now, I guarantee you, he would have gotten away with this if there was no video footage of what actually happened. According to the SAPD report, Officer Brandon responded to a call for a disturbance at 10.45 PM and attempted to gather information from witnesses when he noticed a vehicle that had, according to him, evaded him the day before as he attempted a traffic stop because the registered license plate did not match the vehicle. That is a low level fine. You do not get arrested for having a tag that doesn't match your vehicle. You don't even go to jail for that, you pay a fine. There's more. The report said, the report said the prior incident was not related to the disturbance. The prior incident was not related to the disturbance at the restaurant. So let me get this right. Let me get this right. You're so much of super cop that you give a damn about somebody and their license tag that happened a day or two before. I mean, that that's that's what you on the force to do. And when that person is afraid of you, you decide to simply indiscriminately shoot into their vehicle, knowing good and damn well this is a child you're dealing with. You get fired, you should have been arrested. You violate your own standards, violate your own protocol, violate the policies of your department, but you're still free. Eric Cantu, 17 years of age, okay, suffered multiple gunshot wounds and was taken to University Hospital. The report stated that Officer Brennan performed CPR on Cantu before emergency medical technicians arrived. Cantu's a female passenger who was young also, could have died also, was not injured. Cantu was charged by proxy, by proxy, with evading detention in a vehicle and assault on an officer. The Bexar County DA, the Civil Rights Division, will now review the evidence submitted by the San Antonio Police Department. What does that tell you? That tells you that evidence has been submitted to the DA's office. The police typically do not submit evidence unless they believe a crime took place. Now, they still don't get a hero cookie here because they should have locked his ass up themselves, okay? That's what should have happened. They decided to play politics with it and transfer it over, okay? Um, in the shooting of Eric Cantu by now former police officer, by that former police officer, once the SAPD investigation is complete, the DA's office will also review all evidence related to the charges against the 17 year old once we have received it. The DA's office can make no comment on whether charges may be pursued against either individual until all evidence has been reviewed. Bexar County DA Joe Gonzalez said in a statement, let's put up a picture of Joe, okay? I'm gonna say this, Mr. DA, you have an opportunity here to clearly show that you're for the people that put you in that position of power. That you do not bend over for cops who are corrupt in your community. 
You know what he did was criminal. You know those children could be dead right now over a freaking tag. Do the right thing, Mr. DA, hold a press conference, make an example out of those cops just like you would have if this happened to be a member of the Crips or Piru Blood or Gangster Disciple. Because just because they wear a badge does not mean they are not in the gang. Mr. Mayor, thoughts on this? Listen, this is a, this is extremely disturbing for so many reasons. Um, and I appreciate how you open up this segment and tell the truth. Uh, so many, so many people, so many uh, shows on so many networks that I've been on would have danced around the fact that the cops tried to kill those kids in that car. Uh, he shot four rapid shots with the door being halfway open to half closed and then three more. After he called in shots fired, not saying that he had shot, shot fired, putting people on the uh, alarm on the other end of that dispatch thinking that cops is taking fire. Secondly, uh, think about the ego, this unattached ego in this officer. You were responding to a disturbance at a restaurant. What kind of disturbance? He didn't, he didn't go in there to investigate what was going on in that restaurant. This car was not associated with that, but his ego of someone fleeing and getting away from him a few days ago about, like you said, a crime that is not even punishable by detention, which also makes me look at the charges against this kid mm-hmm. invading detention when that's not even a, that's not an outcome that they were invading, right? That's right. So, so I, I mean, we, we have to look at that, but then we also think about this cop left left people that had already called you for the for disturbance. You left that unattended to. The discrepancies in this is unbelievable. And I find it so ironic that the police force, the police department and the correctional justice system and criminal justice system in general spend so much money on making sure that we can track and monitor people coming home from prisons and people that are on probation. But we don't have the same systems to track and monitor police officers who are armed on probation. You put mm. this person out there with less than a year worth of training to drive around with a car that is equipped to go faster than normal cars with a gun that can do deadly force as we just saw and nobody to watch over him. I think it's criminal that the San Antonio Police Department to have a probationary officer out there without a supervising officer. Come on brother, I have never seen a probationary officer have that kind of tactical command over a scene, never. Okay, and there's a reason why. We got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Racism in LA City Council. Let's put these pictures up full mass here. I got the recordings. We just received word that the city council president Martinez has resigned. The Los Angeles City Council President called her colleague's black son, who is adopted, a monkey in a racist tirade. Los Angeles City Council President Nuri Martinez and two of her colleagues are now under fire because of a recording that surfaced with racist comments. And not just racist comments, but racist sentiment and racist policies that they were about to create. Understand it was not about their offense, it was about their execution as policy directors for the city. Los Angeles City Council members, Jill Cadillo and Kevin DeLeon, DeLeon joined Martinez in the conversation with Los Angeles Labor Federation President Ron Herrera. At one point during the conversation, Martinez 
even calls a black child a little monkey and says he deserves a beatdown as a way to tame his alleged wild behavior. Now, the four caught on audio talking about Los Angeles 11th District Councilman Mike Bonin and LA District Attorney George Gashkin. I got the audio, I'm gonna go ahead and play it now. Here it is. Go get the airport from his little brother, mm-hmm. that little bitch bonnet. I go, I go, what is with the bonnet? What is with bonnet? I said, bonnet thinks he's black. That guy don't think he's black at all. He thinks he's black. Scared I call the same thing. He goes, why are they so close? Okay, I'm bringing whatever the kid's name is. I'm like, it's like the oddest thing. It's like black and brown on this float. And then there's this this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. Este niño has no, he's, they're not doing, yeah, no, they're not doing, the kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the float, practically (laughs) tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. Parece changuito. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm always here trying to parent this kid. I'm like, you can't do that. I said, no. And Mike is like, you know, I'm like, you're not teaching your kid anything. <laughs> it's me and Karen Bass on the floor trying to check this little kid. <laughs> me, Karen Bass, y la esposa de Marquise, Carrie. And we're all looking at each other because we're the three women on the floor. Like, who's going to This kid's going to tip us over. Because yeah. he's literally hanging on the rails. Well, you can't let them let them off because the, the, the spectators will beat his ass. Yeah. So, they're raising him like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid is a beat down. Like, let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the you know folks like with that's going. He did call me. He wants to have breakfast with me. Um, What's taking him so long? I haven't. I just said, hey, we need to talk. You supported him from the. I don't worry, I got you. Um, uh, yeah. So you'll start seeing him line up. He's with the black. Isaac was the first. Racist. Racist as hell. Martinez, the president of city council for LA, has now resigned. We got word just a few minutes before broadcast. She wasn't the only one in that conversation. What was the conversation really about? The conversation was about figuring out through policy how to express their own personal bias and racism. That's what it was about. Imagine what conversations are being had across this country when you're not at the table. You see, if you're not on the table, you're on the menu. Not one black voice was in that conversation. Why? Because black folks were on the menu. This council president also said about the district attorney, "Oh, he's with the blacks. How in the hell is that a negative? 
How is that a negative? Because a district attorney understands the issues germane to black folk. Those are his constituents, he should be with the blacks. How is that detrimental to the movement of life? It's insane, isn't it? All right, Nuri Martinez apologized after the leak. She said, and I quote, in a moment, in a moment of intense frustration and anger. I let the situation get the best of me and I hold myself accountable for these comments. For that, I am sorry. Did you apologize to black people, Ms. Martinez? I didn't hear that in your apology. You actually blamed your intense frustration and anger, not yourself. Oh, and by the way, former city council president Martinez, um, you were very happy in that conversation. You were laughing, you were jovial, you were talking about what you're about to do tomorrow. Yeah, that was just how you talk. De Leon issued an apology as well. Here's what he said. There were comments made in the context of this meeting that are wholly inappropriate. And I regret appearing to condone and even contribute to certain insensitive comments made about a colleague and his family in private. I've reached out to that colleague personally, De Leon said in a statement provided to NBC4. On that day, I fell short of the expectations we set for our leaders and I will hold myself to a higher standard. Well, damn, all of you all were having a bad day at the exact same time in the exact same place with the exact same conversation. You're just having a bad day. It was a moment of weakness. It was a moment that you appeared to be inappropriate. Everybody was just weak at one moment, one precise time. So this is how you all operate. Now I'm for the black and brown coalition, been for it since day one. But I'm also for holding people like you accountable who are not, who fake the funk, who talk a good talk in front of that microphone and then get behind closed doors and become the hypocrites that you are. I will call you out just as quickly as anybody else. Now this is not the only person who needs to resign. So to the other people who are involved in this conversation, you got into this week, cause I got more information on all of y'all. Sit your asses down. You don't deserve that position of public trust. You are violated to the utmost. You were creating policy based on racism and it's on camera, it's on video. We got it. Bonin issues a statement. This is Mike Bonin. They decided to degrade his black son, called him a monkey. This was the family statement, family statement in reaction to these members of council. We are appalled, angry and absolutely disgusted. That Nuri Martinez attacked our son with horrific racial slurs. And talked about her desire to physically harm him is vile, abhorrent and utterly disgraceful. The city council needs to remove her as council president immediately. She needs to resign from office. Any parent reading her comment will know she is unfit public office. You can read that and it's entirely at Mike Bonin on Twitter. Dear brother, Mr. Mayor, you, you have to work with members of council. What would your response be if you were members of council in LA, right? You were a member of council, you're the mayor. Now you have a problem with multiple council members. What does the city need to do now, brother? 
I, I, whatever their policy is to call uh, recall council mm. members or have special elections, it needs to be enacted immediately. I mean, they recall the governor uh, uh, out there a few years ago. They need to do the same right now for that entire council, everybody in that room. Yeah. I didn't hear Gil say anything, which leads me to believe that he was probably the one recording the conversation. Um, the idea though that De Leon was having a bad day is as unbelievable to me when he was sitting there talking about uh, Martinez Louis Vuitton purse. Come on. making. That you have a labor union, a labor leader out here talking about the kids swinging or hanging off bars as if they they're going they're they're going along with uh, this this idea that this little kid is a monkey. We know what we know what was being said. Right. Uh, you're exactly right, Dr. Richard, when you say uh, they need to sit their ass down. The public trust. It, there can be no public trust in anyone to see the world like this, especially in a state like California that that claims to be the most liberal state in the union, but they still locking up black people at the way they locking up black people. Black men are less than five percent of the population and twenty five percent of the prison population. And this this thinking, this thinking, it can't be divorced from those policies at all. That's right. That's right. Farewell said. We have another indisputable exclusive. What if I told you that a cop stole money from a bank robbery and we have it on camera? Nobody else has this footage. Here it is. You saw it, he picked up the money, ran to his vehicle, had no idea there was a ring video doorbell recording the entire thing. We have the exclusive footage. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some background. There are some people familiar, connected to this department. They have spoken with indisputable anonymously. They provide a significant context of what happened. I also have the police report. You know what's missing on the police report? Put it up. The money he put in his pocket. Let me go ahead and do this the right way. Exclusive video leaked shows a Riverdale, Georgia police officer allegedly pocketing bank robbery money after a car chase. Three insiders familiar with the department have anonymously come forward to talk directly to us. With this video from a ring camera near this scene of officers in hot pursuit of a bank robbery suspect. The suspect slips as he exits his vehicle. He fumbles his gold bag of cash, spilling it across the field. Lieutenant Kirby Threat is his name, Kirby Threat. Now, Captain Threat can be seen punching the suspect on the ground, though he was not resisting arrest. The video also shows a second officer, Vincent 
Ortega. Now, Sergeant Ortega, he got a promotion too. Walking away from the suspect to collect cash off the ground. Ortega walks away from the scene with what appears to be greenbacks. A police report by Officer Ortega from March 9th, 2020, we got it. That's the date of the chase, we were able to confirm this. Does not list any cash recovered in the report, nothing. I have it right there for you in black and white. Sergeant Ortega's statement was the only one taken of the day of the incident, the only one, nobody else. The officer's use of force against the suspect was not reported in official documents either, it doesn't exist. No use of force, documentation which is required by policy. Insiders have independently corroborated a second report was actually issued July 9th, 2021 after local news agencies were interested in the story. Those local news agencies got scared to do the story, I ain't scared of none of them. The insiders reported to Indisputable that cash was recovered in evidence but was excluded from the initial report. The second report listed over $2,000 stolen from the B&T Bank and the insiders reported not all of the cash was reported in evidence. The ring doorbell camera footage was also never listed as evidence, but it was mentioned however in the second report after news agencies told them they had wind of malfeasance. Anonymous source said and I quote, a reasonable and prudent person should come to the conclusion that it's possible a criminal cover up took place on March 9, 2020. Also being that none of the money on the ring video was not written about or listed anywhere in the report. What happened to the money after the video ended? Let's put up a picture of the current chief, Riverdale Police Chief Todd Spivey. Buck stops with him, he's the guy in charge. What in the hell is going on in Riverdale, Georgia? Chief Spivey should have reprimanded these officers, arrested these officers, forwarded an exhaustive investigation to the DA's office. He did not, but what did he do? He promoted them, he promoted them. This is the second report about this department, Indisputable has received in two weeks. Why hasn't the city council addressed the many claims that we've received about their own dysfunctional department? Additionally, the Riverdale Police Department and city council did not immediately respond to our request or comment on this issue or officer Antonio Bivas, which we covered a few days ago, resignation. So we have another cop that we reported on exclusive. We have this one as well, okay? Now, here's what really happens, here's the culture of it. You know why they promote dirty cops? You know why? Because they will do the bidding for you. What are they gonna do, tell on you? Go to IA, internal affairs, you think they're gonna go to the FBI? They dirty too. So you give them promotions, yeah, they're gonna be mad at me. Mayor, thoughts here. Brother, they should be mad at you, uh, exposing them like this. Uh, it's, it's something we need, it's refreshing to be on the show and witness this. This is a part of history, uh, the, just watching what happened. First of all, the, this, this person failed and was beaten by police officers, beaten. By police officers, uh, and then to watch their money be taken like that, it just just goes into the face and just makes me realize that how how sad it is that we didn't have ring cameras 
Oh, as early as America's history goes back, yeah. you know, imagine. Imagine all of the lies about American history that could be corrected if we had ring cameras everywhere. Uh, I appreciate the people reaching out to you, knowing that you're gonna tell the truth about this story and not hold back. I'm glad you're not afraid, um, but you not being afraid does not mean you don't need to be careful because right. when you start telling the truth like this, they start coming in all directions, brother. Brother, I appreciate that sentiment. Um, we have more on the other side before I do that. Mr. Mayor, it has been a joy having you on this program. Thank you for your leadership and your amazing advocacy for black folk, disenfranchised folk in this country. The city of Enfield, they are blessed to have you as their mayor. For those who are watching and they would like to follow you, check you out on social media, support you, how can they do that? I am Mundell on Twitter, just go there. I run my mouth on Twitter a lot, that's a great way to get in touch with me. Thank you so much, my dear brother, Till next time. All right. We have the bullpen next, stick and stay. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen, we have Joe Collins, the third former California congressional candidate. He is a Republican, we don't hold that against him too much. And also radio show host at KABC, Ms. Collins, welcome. And thank you for having me, good to see you again, good to be back on the show. Good to have you back, okay. We're going to talk about Herschel Walker, US Senate candidate. He won the Republican primary, they believe in the guy. He has now obviously faced significant negatives from his own family. From people he was once connected to romantically, and the list goes on and on. This is in addition to his lies. Sir, I do not want to presume, presume what you know or believe about Herschel Walker and his Senate candidacy. So if you would, give me your sentiment and I will then opine. Uh, man, you know, it's, it's a lot going on in Georgia. Seems like Georgia is the exciting place to be when it comes to politics. Um, you know, as far as Herschel Walker, when I first heard that he was running, I was kind of excited. Uh, although I never heard him involved politically, but you know, as time progressed, you listen to his speeches, and you know, it's, it's very uh, mediocre. And then all of this drama come out about his family, and it's like it's extremely off-putting. Now, I'll tell you the one thing I tell you when you first get in politics: you got to get your love locked down, and you got to get your family in check. And right now, the thing that's black eye in Herschel Walker's campaign is his son, Christian Walker. I didn't even know personally all the issues that were going on within his family. You know, from the last decade or so until Christian started making these videos blasting his dad. I mean, he's a conservative gay guy. So, you know, you would think he'd be on his dad's side, plus the amount of posts and, and whatnot. But it seems like there's a lot of trouble in a, in a Herschel Walker's camp. You know, here's what I don't want to do I don't want to focus so much on Christian Walker without highlighting the reality of what Herschel Walker did to himself. Herschel Walker is the one who lied about graduating. From the University of Georgia. Herschel Walker is the one who lied about graduating top of his class. That's taking valor away from somebody who did graduate top of the class. Herschel Walker is the one who lied about having hundreds of employees in the state of Georgia. It was Herschel Walker who lied about being in the FBI and being a police officer. He did this to himself. And then he failed to actually acknowledge his faults because everybody has them. He decided to double down, he decided 
to either A, provide an excuse or B, say it was not him. So even before the Christian Walker thing happened, even before um, the wife came out and said, hey, this man put a gun in my head and threatened to kill me and my then um, uh, boyfriend or whoever she was with. Before that came, uh, before that came out, he was a very problematic candidate. And the reason why I'm bringing this to your doorstep, dear brother, is because this has become more routine in the Republican Party than anywhere else. Donald Trump lied all the time too. Donald Trump admitted to sexually assaulting women. Donald Trump still got elected president of the United States. Herschel Walker is still competitive against Senator Raphael Warnock and could win, all right? He could win the US Senate race. He, race. he has not been uh, totally uh, disconnected from the reality of potential victory. So why do you think this is happening, brother? Why do you think it seems as if the party who used to claim and kind of still does to be the party of morality, the party of ethics, the party of God and white Jesus? Why is it that these values never seem to add up to the proclamation of their supposed religious belief? Well, I think a lot of times it comes down to integrity and, and honesty and courage. You know, when I first ran for office last election cycle, they made sure I fessed up to everything that I did in my past, even when I was in the military and I was on Front Street. Uh, even even now, going into this general election is on Front Street. And so I think what what happens in a lot of uh, extremely red states like like Georgia, where uh, Donald Trump has a strong hand, and people think they can honestly win with just the support of, of Donald Trump. And that's just not the case anymore. People are actually highly and heavily involved in politics right now. You know, Herschel Walker, uh, I didn't follow his campaign and I still don't. Um, he, he didn't have to lie about graduating from Georgia. He's one of the best NFL running backs in, in history and he could have kept it at that. But I mean, a lot of times people don't have a lot to back that resume up with when they run for for office, so they make up a lot of things. But I think right now the public would prefer someone who's honest about their past and who doesn't have a problem with saying, you know what, this is what I did, this is who I am, this is what I've learned from that, and, and let's keep it moving. But when you lie about something, you know, everybody knows that you got to continually make up lies until that mm. stuff catch up with you, and that's and that's what's happening right now. You make a great point, and I've often shared this with groups that I've spoken with, those that have committed um, certain mistakes in their lifetime. I've definitely committed mistakes in mind. When you are dishonest about them, what happens every time you go to a new level in life, you have to now defend that issue. You have to now um, lie again. And that's because you continue to not admit your own fault or the failures you've encountered. Human beings, all of us are human beings. Uh, the journey is riddled with bad decisions. You hope to acknowledge them and overcome them. You said something really interesting, Joe, in the beginning of your commentary. That um, basically you were excited when Herschel Walker was running. Are you excited now? Um, I can't 100% certain say that that I'm excited. I hadn't followed his well, race. Well, what, what percentage of excitement still exists, brother? <laughs> uh, I'm running for office myself and I'm headed to the general election. So the excitement is, is, is damn near none when it comes to to his race, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on what's going on here in California. Yeah, but you you agreed to talk about Herschel Walker on the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you know, I was looking at the polls, everything that's coming out about Herschel Walker, it doesn't 
look like he has a really good opportunity to win this race with all of this stuff that's coming out about him. I think one of the best things that Raphael Warnock has going for him right now is he is the incumbent and people know what they can expect from him. But with Herschel Walker and his past and what's going on right now and his inability to explain it, it shines a huge black eye on what he's gonna be able to accomplish once he gets to office. And I think a lot of voters are extremely turned off by that. All right, Mr. Collins, you said that it doesn't look like he has a great chance to win. I personally hope that's true. Um, let's talk about your race. Do you have a great chance to win? You know, when it comes to my race, we've been in the streets a lot. We've been talking to a lot of voters. We're trying to get down to a lot of issues that uh, they feel is 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 uh, most important to them. And I think right now the economy, the high gas prices and the crime is what a lot of people uh, once solved, and I think that's what we're going to stay on. You know, uh, last election cycle, we did a lot of talking about the failures or, or lack thereof of the person who we're running against or the party we're running against. But right now, people want something of substance, and that's what I've uh, I've been given. So I assume that means no, you don't have a good chance of winning. We got a good chance of winning. However, I mean, we're in a heavy Democrat district. I mean, the the registration is below forty eight percent, which is but the Republican registration is extremely low as well. So it's gonna take everybody getting out the vote for their candidate to win right now. What's up in the air? I think that we have an extremely good chance of winning. But like I said, California is a blue state. Yeah, and sir, what's your message to the primary to the primary residential community there in that district? You're in the 43rd district. I think that's a very high Hispanic population. Am I correct on that? Uh, we, we moved over to the 36th congressional district after okay. The, the redistricting, but our message is it's time to clean this crap up. You know, the homelessness, the, the crime, the high poverty rates, the inflation, the high gas prices, everything, it's time to clean it up. All right, so you say you do have a good chance of winning? Yes, absolutely. Now, you know, I always speak to you frankly, brother, you know that. <laughs> um, when you were running the first time, I told you you weren't gonna win. I appreciated the sentiment of your nuance as it relates to conservative politics. Um, you knew I was telling the truth during that interview that you, you weren't gonna win that race. But my question is, do you think because of the district change, you have a better chance now than you did when you were running against Congresswoman Maxine Waters? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think it was necessarily the district change. I think it was the, the learning. Last election cycle was my first okay. time running. Everybody knows Maxine Waters is probably the second or third most powerful person uh, in Congress. However, I'm from South Central Los Angeles, so that's where I was supposed to be running. Um, you know, we learned a lot about that race, you know, mad respect uh, for uh, Maxine Waters' ability to campaign. She actually did come out and campaign, and I appreciate that. Uh, we learned a lot from that election cycle, and we're we're uh, putting what we learned into action this election cycle, which is why I think that we have a very very great opportunity to to win this seat. All right, we'll see. So I talk to you after November eighth. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, thank you so much, brother. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.